Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! Good morning, Birds fans. How are you on this fine Tuesday morning? You got your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald, here to hang with you today to talk about the 10-1 and Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, we're going to talk about a bunch of things over the course of the next two hours. But remember, always come back to 10-1, and whether the Eagles have played a tough enough schedule. 10-1. They have with the team and... Uh, the other teams around the National Football League, either playing well or playing Bottom line is Philadelphia Eagles, the only 10 and one team in the National Football League. Remember, it always does come back to that. Quick aside, Johnny Mac, before we get this going, because uh, I do want to put this on a table with the Birds 365 guys, because I did elsewhere. Um, I did a couple of fill in shows. We were off here. Thanks very much to the Krauts clan uh, for allowing us the holidays, Thursday and Friday. 
a good meal for both John and myself and uh, some extra time to be able to make some extra money working elsewhere uh, for yours truly. So I did a couple of CBS Sports Radio shows. Uh, so when you're on during the day on CBS Sports Radio, you have to write CBS Sports Minutes, which air in the other stations around the country. Uh, Odyssey has uh, umpteen sports radio stations yeah. all across the country, including WIP being one of them. Um, and you have to write a 30-second commentary. They tie it to a uh, commercial and uh, they, they air it across the entire country on the other sports outlets. And what I did this week when filling in for uh, Bill Ryder was the fact that we live in a power rankings NFL world. Ugh. Ugh. I don't like that world. Up, I don't like charged. it. I know you don't like them. I don't really like them either because I think that anyone who doesn't have the Philadelphia Eagles number one is kidding themselves and or making a bad mistake. Uh, and yes, I let them get under my skin too much and shame on me. I shouldn't. But the power rankings, people get overly excised about them. And, and I point the finger at myself. We don't need power ratings in the NFL. That, there's nope. a very good reason for that. In college football, in the next couple of weeks, a group will subjectively select what four teams are going to play for a national championship. And that's the way they have to do it. It's better than the way they used to have it with the polls. I, I appreciate the playoff committee's uh, makeup and, and the people that are in charge of that. But it's still subjective. The NFL doesn't have that. They've got this great things called the standings. And even within the standings, they've got very defined tiebreakers that you know what you have to achieve to be able to make the postseason. So what Jody McDonald thinks or John McMullen thinks or Connor Ord thinks or anybody from ESPN or The Ringer or CBS, whatever, think is nice and it's fun and we'll have fun talking about it and debating it, it means squata. The only thing that matters is the standings. And that's why I say that because, remember, always come back to, and the Philadelphia Eagles are 10-1. and 1. Or anything else we we break down today and talk about the special teams and injuries and everything else is all part of it. But the bottom line still is that the Eagles are 10 and one. And John, I look at the rest of their schedule. This team is winning a minimum of 14 games. Do you think they can actually lose three out of their last six? Um, yes, but only if, um, they decide only thing only if they have things wrapped up and decide to rest uh, late in the season. Do I think, think they can... have. Do you think with two games to go, they'll have everything wrapped up? Um, yeah, potentially. I mean, if you, you think do. about Christmas, Christmas Eve um, would be the one game. You know, if Dallas can can somehow uh, get close enough to make that meaningful. Um, you know, that's the only way probably 17 and 18, game 17, uh, week 17 and 18 mean anything, to be honest. Um, so it's unlikely, but if they, you know, if they're playing the junior varsity, yeah, they might get an extra loss. So I'm not even concerned about that. The actual number, um, what you pointed out, yeah, they've been the best team in football. They're 10 and one. They're only the the, the only 10 and one team and they have their 
to have the inside pole position to get to the finish line with the number one seed, which is the goal. And it's more important than ever. It's always important, but ever since they shifted the, the, the extra playoff team and now you only have one by instead of two, getting that first seed is more meaningful than ever. Oh and, yeah. And that's what it's all about. Um, and, and they're, they're in a position to do it. So how they do it is not really relevant just as long as they do it. And, to me, if you get by Christmas Eve and you're in that number one seed, it's it's probably over. And then you can start talking about rest and we'll have all those discussions, rest versus rust. And how do you, do you, do you keep guys uh, uh, in an optimal level because you're going to have the extra week and we're going to have all those conversations. But those conversations are good to have, Jody. That means you're really, really good. Exactly. Now, but here's the thing. If – they put it away by Christmas Eve. That means they probably won that game against the yeah. Cowboys. Yeah. So even if they go the JV route for games uh, 16 and 17, week 17 and 18, you think that they'll have lost some game before that? Either the Titans I, I, or the Giants. The I could see them losing. Yeah, I could see them losing this game. I could see them losing a game. I can't see them losing to the Giants. Now, you know, and division and oh, games. By, and oh, by the way, and I apologize for interrupting. And man, you were more right about this than I was. I'm, I'm admitting defeat on this one. Week 17 is the Saints. And you and I split on the Saints this year. I thought the Saints could be competitive. I put too much hope in Jameis Winston actually returning to form. I thought the Saints uh, could actually be a playoff contender for wild card. And between you and I, as bad as they are and they're bad, they're still an actual playoff contender because that division stinks on ice, the NFC South. But they could be eliminated by that point. You think the Saints are going to bring anything in here to Philadelphia in Week 17? I think, well, J- no. Eagle, I think Eagles JV could beat them. That's that's possible. I mean, you bring up Jameis Winston. I mean, one of the strangest – What one of the reasons I didn't believe in the Saints was the two, two biggest reasons were uh, I don't believe in the head coach and I don't believe in the quarterback. And I don't think you move on from a – Hall of Fame quarterback and and Drew Brees. It's been a couple years, but um, I'm talking about the impact it has on the organization and a potential Hall of Fame coach and Sean Payton. And it's like, oh, no, no issues here. I mean, you're going to have some issues and they've had some issues. But one of the biggest issues is is the quarterback and the fact that even though I don't believe in Jameis Winston all that much, he's better than stinking Andy Dalton. Um, and, and they have, I, I don't, just bad decision-making, bad organization. And when, when you have bad organizations and bad decision-making, and I think Sean Payton was the one steering the ship in the right direction all those years, not Mickey Loomis. And now he's off to, in his own devices. Um, so yeah, they could beat him even with, with the JV, but Anytime you're playing the JV, you can also lose to anybody. So that's one of those things where, you know, Gardner Minshew is a capable backup. Um, but, you know, that means maybe he plays well one week, maybe he plays well, uh, uh, maybe he doesn't play as well the next week. 
And it's tough to rest for two games. I mean, are you really going to rest for two games? Which I don't know if you can do that either. Three weeks. Yeah. If you you put away the uh, best overall record, you got that buy in there too. So do you really want to take your star players off the field for three consecutive weeks? That's probably too much. So, I mean, the number, they're going to get to the number. I'm not concerned about the number, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I'm I'm really not. To me, this is a game that's upcoming. This is a game. This is a losable game. Um, Tennessee. What does Tennessee do well? In theory, that's what the Eagles don't do as well. So, you know, when we always talk about styles make fights, this, this is a team stylistically that could give the Eagles trouble. And I'm talking about the Tennessee Titans, and they're probably not happy after losing again to Cincinnati at home. Um, Very tight close game and that's how they usually play that's how they have to play um and it's probably going to come to down to the fourth quarter here and it's probably going to be a tight game uh play this way play that way uh ships things um this is a tough game for the eagles but i you know i gotta tell you if they get through tennessee you know me. I'm not a fan of the Giants. I think they've been doing it with mirrors. I give Brian Dayball a, a ton of credit. Chicago, I think, is in ship-down mode. I think they're really, you know, going to be very cautious with Justin Fields, and he's all they have, basically. Um, I don't know if they could beat him with Justin Fields, never mind without him. Obviously, you have Dallas and then New Orleans and the Giants again. Um yeah, they're set up, man. Uh, that, But this is the game. This is the game to me. If they win this game, Jody, they're going to be the number one seed in the yeah, NFC. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And it's an NFC game. It doesn't even that matter that much in the standings. But right. This is, this is the game to me because this is the one team that they probably don't match up as well with as the other teams. Now, Dallas is a good football team. Eagles fans don't want to hear it. That's a good team. That's a good team. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're probably not going to win the NFC East. We'll see. We know Mike McCarthy's history in the playoffs. We know Dallas's history in the playoffs. But don't sleep on that Dallas team. That's a good team. Agree on that. And I do want to expand on Dallas in a second. But uh, first things first about the rest of the Eagles schedule. Oh, when they play Chicago, Justin Fields will be questionable. They had him questionable this week. That was one of the few picks I got right uh, because uh, a buddy gave me some information on Saturday afternoon, I think it was, because at the time, Chicago was still saying Justin Fields was questionable, uh, that he might start the game against the Jets. And I got a a source in Chicago who told me, there's no stinking way that Justin Fields Mm -hmm. needs the field on Saturday. It's not happening, Jody. Don't even listen to what the Bears are officially saying on the record. He's not playing. Within hours, they announced that they had elevated Nathan Peterson from their practice squad, and then they had the whole kerfuffle on Sunday. Supposedly, Trevor Simeon got hurt in warm-ups, so Peterson was going to start, and then uh, uh, shockingly, the game starts, and, oh, Simeon's fine, and he's actually starting. So Chicago's trying to take a page out of Nick Sirianno's playbook of getting a competitive advantage by not giving out any information on their team and or blatantly lying about their team might be more accurate way to describe it. So when they get to the Chicago week, Justin Fields will be questionable. We won't 
officially know whether he's going to play or not until that game day. Uh, speaking of the coach of the Eagles, he met with you guys yesterday uh, via, via Zoom. Uh, I asked you yesterday if you thought we would have any new information on the Eagles injuries. At least uh, Nick Sirianni sung the praises of Jordan Davis, says he's rehabbing real hard as far as putting a timeline on it. No chance, no shot. Wasn't happening, didn't happen, right? No, no. And I, I'm, I'm, to be honest, the, the biggest one to me is um, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Um, you know, because Reed Blankenship played well, um, there's no quite. I, I'm I'm surprised how well he played, and I'm I'm very happy that they gave him the opportunity. And in, a couple weeks ago, he kind of passed Kayvon Wallace in that dime package, which isn't very noticeable because the Eagles don't play it that much. Only a couple snaps a game, but um, you know, Kayvon had not been playing well when given his opportunities, and Reed did a really good job. I think, and matter of fact, I think. Uh, Pro Football Focus graded him their best defender uh, in that game, believe it or not. Uh, So he played really well in a really difficult spot. Um, But that's one of those things where, you know, maybe you persevere in game with an injury, but the longer you go, it becomes an issue. So that, that one is big to me because the Eagles don't have great depth there with all due respect to what I said about Reed Blankenship. Now what the, what, what Jordan Davis, they went out and got Linval Joseph. They went out and got Indomitian Sue. So I'm not as concerned about, you know, I want to see him back, you know, healthy, but you, you can take some time. Um, and by the way, he looked fine when I saw him was jogging. And um, so he looks close, but they've been able to, to get personnel to, to make up for, for his absence, at least a little bit um, with Dallas Goddard. And I add him and Avante Maddox and now CJ Gardner Johnson. It's not the, it's not the same. It's not the case. Um, and, you know, Nick praised Jack Stoll, um, you know, did a nice job. Everybody did a nice job in the running game, right? 363 yards, everybody contributed to the running game um but i think i just talked about reed uh, pff had him as their worst offensive player uh, jack stole so um there's a big drop off from dallas goddard we know that there's a big drop off from avante maddox we know that it's a big drop off with cj gardner johnson those to me are are the bigger issues because the eagles don't they haven't been able to go out get somebody off the couch like Linval Joseph to play slot corner or safety or, or, or tight end. So hey, let, let me share with you a call that I got on WIP. I worked last night on WIP and uh, an Eagle fan wanted to know, Jody, is there a guy like Linval Joseph, like mm-hmm. Dominican too, who's sitting at home who can come in here and cure the Eagles uh, ills on special teams that, that there is Mr. Special team who's just sitting at home waiting to be picked up off the scrap heap and you plug him in and all of a sudden the Eagles special teams issues will be over and done with that. Uh, so you could probably guess I told the caller, 
please share that name with me. If you know who he is, I'll I'll get McMullen to give it to his boy Michael Clay to to, to uh, lobby for Howie Roseman to make the call and get him in here. That guy doesn't exist. There there isn't a special teams guru just waiting to jump into the <coughs> and fix. No. Uh, yesterday, Nick Sirianni did talk about it and said there are some things that they're considering that maybe there's someone on the practice team that they could plug in. I think that's highly doubtable. I think if they had that person, they would have done it already. The maybe will elevate some of our starters, regular offense or defensive player, more likely defense player, specifically on a coverage team, to uh, fill a void, to grab a spot on a coverage team. Uh, you usually want to stay away from that because the last thing you want to do is get someone hurt. And the Eagles are, despite the fact that you're talking about the injuries that they have and how they're trying to deal with it, they're still, I would say, one of the above average teams as far as games lost for players this year. They either had some luck and or the way that they coach and use their players have worked for them. They have been, not been hurt nearly as bad as other teams in the NFL. So I think they'll probably stay away from that. Or am I wrong? Because it's bad, John. The, the Eagles special teams are on coverage. They're ranked dead last. 32nd out of 32 teams in the National Football League. Yeah. They're giving up the most yardage on returns. Will they do something as drastic as ask one of their regulars who haven't been playing special teams to jump into the mix for the last six games of the season? Mm, probably not because the guys who would do it have already done it. Like Marcus Epps occasionally you know, it was on special teams. Um, yeah. No, by I, the way, Epps, Epps would probably not be considered because if you don't have Johnson, you don't want to risk Epps. No. You're already down but, a my, safety. That, that's so what I not... mean. I mean, Marcus plays every, you know, back in the day, Malcolm Jenkins was the guy, you know, he, he'd play every snap and he'd play on special teams and he'd want to play on special teams. And he would, he would, demand the play on special teams marcus already does that marcus plays on special teams not um um you know not like a core guy but he plays on enough special teams and that's been consistent um and he plays every snap on defense um i don't see that guy on the roster that's the problem i you know the hope was it's a lot of talk about Cameron johnson in college um, and he was a great special teams player. You know, my 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 names I always throw out are Chris Maragos and Brian Brayman because I think there's something to players that are good on special teams and maybe don't help you as much as you'd like uh, from a defensive or offensive perspective in, in the case of those guys defensive. But um, they're so valuable that you you carve out roster spots for them. Eagles haven't done that. They haven't tried to find that player, or if they have tried to find that player, they haven't found that player, one or the other. Um, and they're trying to make do, and it hasn't worked, Jody. I mean, as you mentioned, this is, and I was just looking at it, the Eagles remain... 13 categories in, in, in PFF. Eagles are number one, the number one team overall um, 
Kansas City's number two. We talked about power ranking. San Francisco's number three. I think everything is settling where it should at the top. Um, special teams, you go over to that category. Uh, Washington is number one. Tennessee, number two. Those Houston Texans are number three. 32, Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, dead last. Well, you know what? Would you rather be 10 and one and 32 or one nine and one in number three? Here, you know, here's the here's the only caveat you have to put on it, John. And I'm sorry, Eagle fans, not gonna want to hear this. Um last year, uh NL uh NFC divisional game in Green Bay. Green Bay Packers lost. Why? Yep. Special teams. Special teams. Special teams. So we can sit here, and like I was saying at the top of the show, the minimum games now that I think the Eagles are going to win is 14, and that's even with giving one up. I won't say two because I don't. if they get two, then they might win their next four and just throw the JV out there for the next two and go, hey, we don't really care, which means they'd still win 14 games. And 14-3 and three is phenomenal. But if special teams jumps up and bites you in the butt, in your first playoff game, we're all going to scream bloody murder in 2020 hindsight. How did they not fix special teams? So that's why I have to put it in a separate category and not say just, oh, the Eagles win anyway. No, no, no. They might, and they could continue to, but sometimes special teams just comes up and it bites you in the rear end at the worst possible time, yeah. which for the Eagles would be uh, the playoffs. So I can't just I can't just cover it all up with, yeah, but the Eagles are 10-1. and one. No, what you can say is the Eagles have won. They have won, despite poor special teams to this point. They might jump up at the worst time, as you mentioned, with Green Bay as the perfect example, because it just happened last season. They completely dominated that game for people. that Now, it was a bad weather game. It was cold. It was all that. The offense didn't do. Other things have have to work in concert as well, sort of like the Washington loss. Exactly. Everybody talks about um, they can't stop the running game, the time of possession. Everybody talked about that in Washington game, but a big part of the Washington game was also the fact that they, they play tempo as they usually do. They had too many three at ounce. So it was all in concert, and there were a bunch of other special teams. Well, I, the, the biggest one of them all, they turned the ball over four times. Yeah. Three, Turnovers. if you want to discount the Deshaun Watson backwards pass on the last play of the game, uh, the ex-Eagle yeah. picked up and scored. It. But they lost a turnover battle. They never lose the turnover battle. They got beat that week, giving the ball away three times. Yeah, and that was the Quez Watkins play. Um, Dallas got and, a face and, mask. Yeah, and, 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 and the injury. Everything was working in concert to the point that when you get to that, then something crazy can happen and you can lose to a, a football game. That's sort of what happened to Green Bay in that game as well. They're still winning. They're still winning. They're winning. They're winning. They're winning, but they're not playing well. They should have put that team away long before that, and all of a sudden here's the block punt game over. You know, they're done. That's that's the kind of thing that, that scares you on a particular game day. Um, and if anything's going to do it to the Eagles – it's going to be special teams. And and Nick Sirianni is very big on, and you know I advocate this, Jody, um, 
and he, he's a CEO coach, and I think that's the way to do it. And I think more people should look at the way Nick does it, and and they're going to start to replicate that when they look at head coaches. Um, but he is a true CEO head coach. He gave up play calling. When something's not going well on, on the defensive side, he takes the blame from it. When something's not going wrong with the special teams, and he did that. But they got to fix this. They got to fix this because they stink at it. And it's something every week. It's been consistently bad every week, whether you go all the way back to week two and the block field goal. And, you know, they end up winning that game easily. But boy, if, if they return that for a touchdown, if you remember that, go all, that, all of a sudden they're right back in that game. You don't know what happens. Um, that was kind of the start of it. Um, and every week it's been something last week. It was the, the kickoff return was absurd. The guy's taking it out from eight yards deep. Every team in the NFL is like, we'll take the 25. We'll take the 25. We'll take the 25, not against the Eagles. Take it out. And again, that's not Cordero Patterson. That's just some guy. And the Eagles made a big deal out of, wow, he's, he's a good returner. Well, he looked like a good returner. I don't know if he's doing he, that every week. He was a week. good returner this past Sunday, yes. Yeah. How about prior to? Yeah, exactly. So it, it's, you know, they've, they've had some issues uh, on special teams, and they've been so good, it gets, it gets lost in the sauce a little bit. And so if you go through – and I'm looking at the numbers now, Jody. If you go through the 12 games, and I, I told you all those categories that PFF looks at the film, there have been two acceptable games on special teams. Two, two acceptable games. Uh, week one, Detroit, uh, and at Arizona. That's it. Everything else has been bad. All right, then let me ask you this one because it, it would, if we take those games where they've actually been okay and point them and say, hey, here's uh, when they could have been good, doesn't bode well for the rest of the season. Both of those games were indoors. And chances are Jake Elliott was able to boom them as best they can. Next game will actually be played in December when it, just judging track record and history, it'll be even colder. You never know with Mother Nature, but uh, the, the way it's worked for like thousands of years, the later we get in the calendar, the colder it gets. And Jake Elliott did kick one seven yards deep into the end zone last week, and the Packers still brought it uh, out because they feel that they could return it against the Eagles, and they're proven to be right. Can Jake Elliott get more distance on his kickoffs? Um, I don't know where to look that up. Maybe you do how many touchbacks he's had, or if there's even a greater demarcation <coughs> as to how deep kicks actually go. I don't know where, where they would list that or if they even uh, have a category for that. But um, my off the top of the head feel is he's not bad at it. It's not like kicks are coming down at the five, but there are some kickers in this league that you know ahead of time soon as they put the ball on the tape, why is he going to kick it through the back of the end zone? You're not even going to give him a choice that they're not going to have the chance. Would that be something that the Eagles would consider? That I don't know. Maybe there is actually someone on the street 
who can kick it through the uprights off a tee from the 30-yard line. And you just say, do it, big guy. Just boot it out of there, and we'll start from the 25 every single time. How is Jake at uh, the distance of his kickoffs, if you know? Um, he's what you described. He's okay. He's kind of middle of the road. He's not one of those guys who, um, yeah, can just boom it out of the back of the end zone at will. And there are guys like that. Um, and you know, you never want to carry two kickers. Um, you know, if Beverin Seapos could do it, it'd be great. Just boom it to the back of the end zone as a kickoff. Uh, but he's not that guy as well. So yeah, you can't carry two kickers on your game day roster just to kick it out of the end zone. Unfortunately, you know, when you're this good though, you start thinking about it and saying, you know, cause you can get somebody. There are guys who can just, that's all they can do, but they have no, no ability to kick field goals. Their accuracy is terrible, but they can just boot it to, you know, where, you know, typically when you get it seven yards deep, like I said, teams are giving up. They want to 25 at that point. They want to 25. So that's the scary. And again, I always bring up, you know, I'm a Patterson guy. He's the best kickoff returner I've ever seen. Now, Cordero, because I was, you know, let him go wherever against anybody. If it's nine yards deep, he does it all the time. He'll go. And I have no problem with it. Everybody else, no, you shut it down. If it's even three yards deep, you take the 25. The fact that that kid was taking it out from seven, eight yards deep, that was the biggest indictment of this kickoff oh, coverage yeah. you could ever have because nobody does that, Jody. Nobody does that. Except for Cordell Patterson. You're right. Yeah. He's the only one who does. Yeah. Um, and and that, to me, was the biggest indictment. And I'm sure Nick Sirianni knows that. I'm sure that was a wake-up call because they were probably like, are you kidding me? And they not only did it, they were successful. Yeah. The special teams is something we'll continue to talk about unless they make a change and or unless it gets significantly better. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Uh, only one guest lined up today. That would be in hour number two. Our buddy from NBC Sports Philadelphia, Dave Zingaro, going to jump in the fray. When we come back, Johnny Mac. I've got a question for you about the MVP status in the National Football League. Uh, I talked about this last night a little bit on WIP, crunch some numbers. I'm a little surprised by at least one uh, betting outlet's odds on the MVP. I want to get your take on it and uh, talk about the Philadelphia Eagles potentially having the most valuable player in the National Football League. He's Mac. I'm Mac. It's Mac and Mac right here on Birds 365. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. 
He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go first. and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. got your MAGA Mac guys here on Birds 365. That would be John McMullen, who's working on a little bit more sleep. Still not completely over the cold, but at least he got a little oh, bit no. more sleep after Sunday Night Football. Uh, and you're truly Jody McDonald. I didn't get much sleep last night because I was on the air on WIP till 2 o'clock. So we kind of reversed roles here today. Uh, Johnny Mac, I want to talk about the MVP in the National Football League. Quickie quiz for you, buddy. When was the last time a Philadelphia Eagle player won the MVP. Oh, um, um, uh, hmm, hmm. It's a good question. I'm not a big MVP. I don't. Uh, it's not an award I'm interested in. But I don't think anybody has that I can think of. Have they? Here's the answer to the question. Um. In 1960, when the oh. Eagles won their championship, Norm Van Brocklin was named the league's most outstanding player. They started giving out an award in 1957. And in 57, 58, 59, and 60, they called it the most outstanding player in the National gotcha. Football League. And Van Brocklin won it in 1960 when the Eagles won the championship. In 61, they changed the name of the award to most valuable player. And since 1961, no Philadelphia Eagles yeah. player has ever won the MVP. So it's never happened. The answer to the question is never. Now, 
60 was basically the MVP. They just had a, a different name for it. But if you're going to be to the Stickler. end to be accurate, they're O for the MVP. Yeah. They've never won the MVP. And they got a legit shot this year with uh, Jalen Hurts. I checked my Bet Parks app uh, yesterday. And right now, Jalen Hurts is the second choice to Patrick Mahomes. But what jumped out at me was the amount of difference between the two. Mahomes right now in the MVP race is minus 150. And for those of you who don't wager, I'll give a quick explanation. That means you would have to put up $150 just to win 100 So he's less than even money to win the MVP which means he is a heavy favorite at this point. Jalen Hurts is the second choice, and he's currently plus 333. So if you wanted to bet him, you could bet 100 and win $333, three to one uh, with a little juice on top. He certainly can make the argument that Mahomes is the favorite as of right now. The, the head over heels, substantial favorite, do you not look at the two seasons the two guys have had, John, and say it's pretty close between Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts? Because I surely do, and at least at the one betting outlet I checked, it's not close. It's Mahomes in a runaway. Do you see it that way? Um, I do, uh, but I don't agree with it. Like, I know it's a runaway. I know he's going to win. I've been saying it on, on this show for a couple of weeks now. Please explain why to our, our loyal streamers. Because I know what the voters look for. Um, and and that's what they're looking for. And that's what, and they're going to default to the, whatever he's got, 30 touchdown passes. Um, so um, it's only 29, but he's close. Yeah. Um, that's what they default to. They're not going to look at the dual threat and the esoteric nature of the Eagles' offense and the the impact that Jalen Hurts has. So, me personally, I think it's very close. Me me personally, I think you can make a strong argument that Jalen Hurts is more important to the Eagles. And and again, some of it comes down to definition. Um, you know, I always say this is not a run-first offense, not a pass-first offense. This is a Jalen Hurts-first offense uh, with the Eagles. Uh, they do whatever they have to do to win a game. They toggle back and forth. It's really impressive. But I know what they look for. You know, our buddy Rob Motti uh, um, handles the, the, the voting for the AP. I know what the voters look for, and they look for traditional numbers and traditional quarterback play and what – people think of as traditional quarterback play and that tilts more towards Mahomes and it told, tilts more towards Mahomes in a pretty drastic degree. So, you know, the fact that he's going to be second, and by the way, maybe the bigger argument here is your guy to it because he seems to get overlooked and he should be in the conversation as well. Um, to a, to a right now, the third choice at six to one. So yeah. you got Mahomes at less than even money, Jalen at three to one plus, uh, Tua at a flat six to one. So I think uh, they've got him in the right order. I think they just deserve to be more tightly bunched together right now. Yeah, um, I agree. They should be. It should be closer, but it's not. It's a runaway, and Patrick is is going to win it. And I wouldn't get 
too worked up about it because, you know, as you mentioned, it it's for the most part, it's now a, a quarterback award. Um, there's a few times, you know, we we're just talking about MVPs. I, I remember looking back. Lawrence Taylor, I think, is the last defensive player to win it. Um, and that's that's a while ago. And before Lawrence Taylor, you got to go back to Allen Page. So it's not a defensive award. Um, you know, Adrian Peterson's season, whatever that was, uh, 2012-ish, 2011, 2012-ish, when he had the 2,000-yard season, uh, that was amazing, and uh, I believe he won the MVP. Um, even even from that year, things have changed so drastically. Um, it's become a quarterback award, and um, it is what it is. Lamar Jackson did win it, um, so I guess you never know, but as long as there's somebody having a year like Patrick Mahomes is having, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna run away with it. Here's the reason why it bothers me a little bit, John. Um, and I think I brought this up with you yesterday, or maybe it was with Glenn on Sunday. Um, for a passer rating, you and I have had this discussion before. I admit that passer rating is a flawed way to rate the quarterbacks in the National Football League. But it's still the best way to rate the quarterback. There is no perfect way. We lean on our friend from Pro Football Focus all the time, and certainly they come up with certain rankings and ratings that leave me scratching my head. So I'm not even going to just buy into them as you just have to use them as the Bible to decide everything. Sorry, I like you guys. Uh, I'll debate you guys from time to time. But passer rating is supposed to take the dual threat running quarterback, how many yards can you pile up while running it, and or touchdowns that you can pile up while running it, that'd be eight for Jalen. And take that out of the mix. This is purely a passer rating. When you drop back and you cock and you let it go off the uh, shoulder, that's what this is supposed to depict. Right now in the National Football League, the passer ratings are Tua Tungavaloa, number one, 115.7. Geno Smith hanging in there at 107.9. Jalen Hurts third at 105.6. And Patrick Mahomes fourth at 105.3. So that's a passer rating. That doesn't add to the mix what Jalen Hurts brings to the Eagle offense and his ability to make plays with his legs and his abilities to score touchdowns <laughs> via the ground. That's not enough to sway the voters, that there is a legit nah. statistic out there that says Jalen Hurts is having just as good a passing season as Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, see, the problem with passer rating, and nobody and nobody should, and I'm not, and when I say nobody, there's some people who understand the formula, but the formula is very tilted towards interceptions, so if you have more interceptions, it's going to kill your, your passer rating. Um, Jalen obviously has protected the football better than anybody. Um, the three interceptions, whatever it is. Um, you know, he, by the way, even more impressive to me is 
his ball security as a runner, which is phenomenal considering how much he runs it. So, I mean, that that part of it, it's not an insult to him. But the, the formula is what I'm trying to say is very skewed. So um, when you look at somebody like Mahomes, and I don't even know how many interceptions he has. He's but, got eight. Jalen has three. Mahomes has yeah. eight. And there's the you know, and what was the numbers? 105 what to 105? Oh, 105.6 to 105.3. It's very close, but yeah, Jalen so. is slightly ahead. And and if you knock that number and that formula down to three, which you can't, he'd be way ahead. I mean, he'd be way ahead. Uh, and that's that's part of the the limitations of. There's limitations to every number you can do. You know, ESPN has their quarterback rating, which takes into effect uh, the running attack. So and 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 that's why I I applaud the voters who who don't look at just numbers and if you went with numbers then it should be Tua, right yeah i mean if you just went with passing numbers um do i think if you if you ask me who the best quarterback is i would say patrick mahomes so i can't really argue with people who say you know he's the mvp of the league but <clears throat> you know jalen hurts deserves to be in the conversation and that to me is amazing and he is in the conversation. Is he going to win it? No. Um, but it's pretty impressive to be number two. Um, and that's where he is right now. And he's playing at an MVP level. That, to me, is the only thing that matters. He's playing at an MVP level. All right. Let me let me paint a scenario. And I'm not predicting this. I'm not projecting this. I'm just suggesting it could happen. Let's say the Eagles win their next four games, including a win over Dallas on Christmas Eve in which Jalen Hurts plays very well. I'm not even going to go 170 yards rushing like he had this week. I won't even go five touchdown pass game. No, he has a Jalen Hurts type game and the Philadelphia Eagles go into Dallas, beat Dallas and basically salt away uh, home field advantage throughout um, with a 13 and one record. 14-1 and one record going into the last two games. And then Jalen Hurts is skimmed back, that he's not playing. What happens if the Chiefs go 3-3 three and three in the last uh, three six weeks of the season? And Mahomes loses four games, and Jalen only loses one because the Eagles really do pull in the oars. Uh, they've kind of shown the ability. Uh, ability and belief to do that when in doubt get your star players off the field to protect them uh, and I expect them to do the same at the end of this year um, how much do wins and losses play into that now the Chiefs could still with four losses be the number one seed in the AFC but if the Eagles uh, basically have one loss going into the last two weeks of the season and Jalen Hurts' record is 14 and one is that enough to swing the voters yeah, I think record's a big part of it. Probably shouldn't be. Um, you know, the old wins and loss are not a quarterback stat. I mean, yeah, they know. are. Well, uh, you know, to people, in the, the coaches will tell you they're not because, you know, it's the ultimate team game, right? That's what they always say. And, you know, quarterback uh, gets more credit uh, and coaches when a team wins, then they probably deserve and they get more blame. The old adage. And oh, it's yeah. true. It's a hundred percent true. 
Um, there's a million ways you can win a football game. Um, so it does matter, obviously. I mean, look, I think, and I give this argument all the time. I've had this, you know, Nick Sirianni loves Phillip Rivers. And I, you know, one of the, one of the ways we connected, I always thought Phillip Rivers uh, was a better quarterback than Eli Manning. But he didn't win the Super Bowls. So nobody's talking about him as a potential Hall of Famer because he didn't win two Super Bowls. Uh, he was a bet for the for the game by game, year after year. If you just want game by game, who's better? Who's better? Who's better? Philip Rivers is a better quarterback, and it's not even that close, to be honest. It's not even that close. But when you win, Jody, everything gets skewed. Everything gets skewed. So yeah, it means a lot. Uh, and if you sit, if you're sitting there at sixteen and one, um, and 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 all of a sudden, you know, Kansas City's twelve and five, or yeah, that that'll make a big difference if it they can. if they finish this out, uh, and Kansas City falters, uh, uh, you know, not consistently, but uh, they're not dominant. Yeah, it matters. And I'll give you another reason why it can and should matter. I just looked at uh, Kansas City's finishing schedule. They're in Cincinnati this week. And Cincinnati got a uh, pretty impressive win on the road against Tennessee this week. And maybe the Bengals are just hitting their Super Bowl stride as of right now. So that's a tough game. After that, their last five games, you ready for this, Johnny Mac? Broncos are a dumpster fire right now. Houston, ouch, got the worst record in the National Football League. Seattle, but they've got them at home, and Seattle will be fighting for a playoff spot. So that'll that's a good game, but one that the Chiefs will surely be favored, maybe by as many as a touchdown. Denver again, and then finish out with the Josh McDaniels-led Raiders. So Kansas City's got a pretty easy finish out the season schedule the only two real games on it are Cincinnati this week in Seattle. The other ones are divisional opponents that they've already, uh, the Raiders already beat. The Broncos, they could probably beat uh, with uh, a blindfold on and an arm tied behind their back. If the Chiefs do go three and three down the stretch, Patrick Mahomes shouldn't get the MVP. If they can't win yeah. four or five of those games with that finishing schedule I just rattled off for you, he's not the MVP of anything. Well, there's a reason he's the prohibitive favorite, Jody. And, and you know, schedule's part of it. It isn't going to be uh, – he isn't going to fall off a cliff. He isn't going to lose a bunch of games. Um, Kansas City's a good team. He's the best quarterback. He's probably going to finish the deal, let's be honest. Um, and that's why – you know, those people that set the odds, they're not dumb, Jody. They know what they're doing. He's a he's a prohibitive favorite for a reason. Um, and unfortunately for the Eagles, um, but really, is that the, that's probably the wrong word because to have the 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 number two uh MVP candidate on your team is pretty good. And if you go back to the start of the season, if anybody said 
Uh, Jalen Hurts is going to be, hey, Jalen Hurts is going to finish number two in the MVP voting to Patrick Mahomes. I would have laughed at them, Joey. <laughs> I would have laughed in their face. We all would have. And yeah. you know how big a Jalen Hurts fan and how much I was saying, you got to give this guy a chance. Those people that continued to tell us, and we had some right here on our stream on Bird Street 65. He's not accurate enough. He can't, he can never be a franchise quarterback because he's not accurate enough. And both you and I said it. You can work on that. That is a skill that absolutely can be improved. That if you put the time and effort in, that you can absolutely get better at it. Now, I expected him to get better. As much better as he did, no. Uh, even a big Jalen Hurts fan like me couldn't, couldn't have given you the numbers that he's actually put up. But that did annoy me during the offseason, Johnny Mac. People just didn't give him enough of a chance to improve his game, and he's improved it by leaps and bounds. No, I I always talk. One of my pet peeves is um, the draft and 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 people's grand assertions about players. And you know, I use the phrase "player development is real" all the time. All oh, yeah. the time, players get better, players get worse, players uh, get stagnant. It goes in all a hundred different directions. You don't just draft somebody and they show up, and that's what you have. That is just the start of the process. And the good teams develop players. The good coaches develop players. The good staffs develop players. The Eagles have done a phenomenal job developing uh, Jalen Hurts. They deserve credit. Jalen deserves a ton of credit. Uh, We talk about his work ethic. You know, he's the one. You know, for years he did one thing. um, And he was comfortable. And that's one of the hardest things to do, Jody. You get – you get – you get to the point where you're you're an NFL starting quarterback. Everything you've done in your life to that point has gotten you to that. And he changed, and he went out to see Tom House and Adam Daydu and all those guys in Southern California. Um, and that's out of his comfort zone. And a lot of people won't do that. Um, and he did it. So he deserves – a ton of credit as well, but this mentality, and you'll hear it, and we'll do it leading up to the draft this year. We do it every year, and we'll have a hundred different people on, and they'll all be making grand proclamations about 20, 21 year old kids who haven't played a game in the NFL. This guy's this, this guy's that. He's never going to be this, he's never going to be that. And it happens every year. Forget about Jalen Hurts. T.J. Edwards is, you know, another guy I often bring up. You know, T.J. T.J. Edwards can't do this, can't do that, can't do this, can't. Well, all he does is, is freaking play football well. I I know we didn't run well on one March uh, day back when he was getting drafted. That doesn't define somebody for the rest of their life, but for a lot of people, it does. It's weird. It's ridiculous is what it is, if you ask me. All right. Uh, let me make a bold prediction. Write this one down as a hot take, whatever you need to do. Or uh, uh, By the way, Jody, I got to break in because little little breaking news. Okay. From uh, Tom Pellicero, uh, NFL Media. Uh, Eagle safety C.J. Gardner-Johnson is out indefinitely with a lacerated kidney. Yikes. Lacerated kidney. Non-surgical. Testing is ongoing. Timetable still to be 
determined. It is not expected. That's the good news. Not expected to be a season-ending injury. Uh, lacerated kidney. I immediately go back to to Zach Ertz. Uh, played in the playoffs. Uh, came back with a lacerated kidney. By the way, that was the start of the issues with Zach Ertz and the, and the Eagles. Um, so he'll be back, but you know, anytime you hear lacerated kidney, that's scary. That is very scary. And if that's Pelissero's report, and he's pretty good at ferreting out that kind of information, uh, even as a national guy getting uh, local team info, it's probably pretty darn accurate, which uh, the Eagles usually keep tight to the vest. Uh, so good for Pelissero for being able to uh, get that out. All right. Uh, prediction for you. Lengthy prediction down the road. Uh, check this, check mark this one, and hold me to it if it comes to fruition, and/or give me grief if it blows up. The championship game, championship weekend this year in the National Football League will be in the AFC. Tyreek Hill returning to Kansas City where he made his name and did say that the most accurate quarterback he's ever played with is Tua Tungavaloa, not the MVP, Patrick Mahomes. Tyreek Hill going back to KC to take on the Chiefs for the AFC Championship. And in the uh, in the NFC, Johnny Mack, much like in the AFC, going to be a former wide receiver. Jalen Rager? What's that? Jalen Rager? That is incorrect. But a former wide receiver coming to Philadelphia as part of the team that is playing the Eagles for the championship of the NFC, who would that receiver be? Uh, uh, let's see. Um, Dallas, San Francisco. Um, those are the two teams that I'm most concerned about. Uh, I mentioned Jalen Rager. I'm not concerned with Minnesota or the Giants. Uh, I don't know. Who are you talking about? Who am I missing? Do you know? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Who's on the 49ers roster still? Uh, on injured reserve. I has do not, not played a snap this year. Has not played a snap in the National Football League for the last three seasons, but is on San Francisco's roster. You're not talking about Mark Marquise Goodwood. He's on Seattle. No. Uh, uh, I don't know where now. I'm lost. Do you know who's on San Francisco? And I didn't even realize. I just uh, noticed it on their roster. Jordan Matthews. Oh wow! It's still oh. on the 49ers roster on injured reserve. So he what? could be on the sideline for that game. Chance to come back to Philadelphia with the 49ers to take on the Eagles 
Elliot, Elliot, Elliot Shore Parks would be very excited by that. Uh, yeah, he's a big Jordan Matthews guy. He's a big guy. Jordan Matthews guy. Um, yeah, I went. I, I, I'd go more Rager than that. I think Rager's got a chance to start playing in Minnesota. Just their third receivers uh, crap in the bed a little bit, so he might get an opportunity. Um, and and. Marquise, uh, he's actually made a play. He's a made a plays. couple of plays for yeah. Seattle. Yeah, I those those are the more relevant ex Eagles receivers. Shockingly, agreed. Um, but uh, yeah. I don't think Seattle's going to be here for the championship game. Sorry I don't think either. I don't think Seattle Minnesota fans. is. Marquise Goodwin's fans. Uh, yeah. Minnesota better chance than than Seattle in my book. But yeah, there's a reason that the Cowboys and the 49ers are right now the second and third choices in the NFC behind the 10 and one. Always remember to come back to that Eagle fans, the 10 and one Philadelphia Eagles. I am John McMahon. I'm Jerry McDowell. We'll come back. Uh, Dave Garrow, NBC sports. Philly's going to join us a little over 15 minutes from now. So keep it here on Birds 365. Don't wait until after Thanksgiving for leftovers. It's the new leftover sales event at Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Jeff must get rid of hundreds of new 2022 vehicles on the lot. Rams, Grand Cherokees, Wranglers, Jeff has them all for less. Jeff has reduced prices and payments to the lowest they've been all year. And Jeff knocks down high interest rates, save thousands more than anywhere else. Plus, get more for any trade or lease return. You always win at Jeff's great selection, best price. Hurry in now. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Black Friday sales event. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. University, our graduates are among the most highly trained in their profession because of our unique emphasis on research, interprofessional collaboration, and early clinical exposure. Learn more about our programs at salus.edu. 
Johnny Mac and Jody Mac here with you on Bird Street 65, hour number two coming along. And uh, Dave Zangaro, NBC Sports Philly, going to jump in with us coming up in less than 15 minutes. Oh, by the way, rooting interest this week for you Eagle fans out there. Certainly one o'clock, you'll all be tuned to the Birds and see if they can beat the Titans, which I want to get to something in just a minute and then we'll carry it over. I want to ask Dave Zangaro about it as well. But in... Other action this weekend, there's a couple 4 o'clock games and a Sunday night game you want to pay uh, close attention to. Yeah, I would suggest you start rooting against the Kansas City Chiefs. If you want to see your buddy, your boy, Jalen Hurts win an MVP. And oh, by the way, I watched the Kansas City game this week uh, in the late window um, before the Eagles played on Sunday night. Mahomes didn't have a great game. He threw for 300 yards. He threw for two touchdowns. Kelsey got another one. And that boggles my mind. How Kelsey continues to get touchdowns on a week-in, week-out basis. He's he's not that fast, uh-huh. but yet he he scored t- and they're all not all just four-yard touchdowns. They're 30 plus yard touchdowns. How do you not cover that guy? How do you not have someone on him every step of the field? It it continues to amaze me. And I give him credit for that. Mahomes is good enough to get him to the ball. It's a combination effort. It's not all Kelsey, but I don't know that Kelsey gets enough credit. He should be getting some uh, MVP consideration. But I would be rooting against the Chiefs if you want to see your boy Jalen Hurts or if you wagered on Jalen Hurts winning the MVP. But the 1 o'clock window, uh, aside from the Eagles game, come with me, folks. Everybody jump onto that J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets bandwagon. Because they're in Minnesota to take on the Vikings, which uh, John may not believe in the Vikings. I have my reservations about the Vikings. They're the only team that are within one game of the Eagles as of right now. They're the only two-loss team in the NFC. Eagles, one loss. Vikings, two losses. And everybody else has a minimum of three thereafter. Um, Yeah, go ahead and root for the Jets this week. Jump on that Jet bandwagon. Mike White looked like the future of the New York Jets this week. He's taken over. He may never be unseated. He may be the Jets quarterback for the next decade. All right, maybe I'm gilding the lily a little bit here. But he did throw for – here's another question for you, Johnny Mac. Two unfair questions I've thrown at you this day. Um, Mike White for the Jets last week threw for 300 yards and three touchdown passes. Only three other Jets in the history of the franchise – have done that twice in their career. Mike White has started four games, and he's already done it twice in his career. 300 yards and three touchdown passes in the same game. Who are the other three Jet quarterbacks who did it? Um, well, yeah, I got to throw Chad Pennington in there. Uh, no. Um, I'm thinking of high-volume throwers. No, turn back the clock to their Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, Joe Namath. Joe Willie's uh, one. Um, Richard Todd. Richard Todd, you got the tough one. You got the hard one. That's the hard one out of the group. Very good. Um, yeah, he was uh, somewhat high pro, uh, high volume there for a while. Um. I'm the trying one you're to skipping think. is the one who was infamously selected before Dan Marino. Uh, who, who? Oh, uh, oh, 
Uh, Ken O'Brien. Any O'Brien who also came here and yeah, quarterbacked the got, Philadelphia Eagles. That was, uh, that was an easier one. Yeah, I should have got Ken O'Brien. The Todd one is tricky. Todd. And, and yeah. Pennington, no. Vinny Testaverde, no. I was kind of surprised by that. Oh, Vinny. Yeah, I would have got to Vinny eventually. He was a high-volume guy, but there's only <coughs> the, now Now Mike White, only the fourth in the history of the Jets ever to do that. So feel free to jump on the Jets bandwagon with me this week, guys, because you want to see Minnesota. By the way, down. here, here if anybody wants a prop bet, I guarantee – Mike White's over 300 yards passing against that pass defense. I guarantee it. Now, it, the thing about Minnesota, they turn it over a lot. They might intercept him three times. It might be one of those deals. But he will be going up and down the field against that pass defense. I guarantee that. Yeah, Vikings pass D is not great. You and I can agree on that. All right, uh, John, we're going to start to look ahead even though we're only on Tuesday uh, for the next Eagle game, can they get their 11th win on the season against Tennessee coming in this week? Um, here's my concern, and it has to do with your boy. You know I go there whenever I'm going to critique the defensive coordinator, who, again, let me say, I'm a fan of. I like him. I think he's done a damn good job since he got here. Those that want to run him out of town are ridiculous and ludicrous. But I'm not afraid to point out uh, every once in a while when I disagree with something with the D.C. Um, and this is the Jonathan Gannon question this week. Cincinnati shut down Derrick Henry on Sunday. As uh, the uh, my incorrect pick, I thought it was the lock of the week. Tennessee getting points at home on a revenge week against Cincinnati. Yeah, they get, uh, Cincinnati's got their number, man. Beat fair and square. Um, so I, I did some reading. I watched some of the game and then I did some reading afterwards. Apparently, they went to a specific defense to shut down Derrick Henry. <coughs> that was what Cincinnati employed uh, this past Sunday with oftentimes eight and occasionally nine guys in the box against Tennessee and just dared Ryan Tannehill to throw the football. They advertised ahead of time at the line of scrimmage. Oh, we're going to stop the run. You want to try and run against this? Bring it. We're going to stop you. And they did. Jonathan Gannon never does that. He never sells out for the run. It's just not in his DNA. Supposedly, the Bengals put the blueprint out there as to how to beat the Tennessee Titans. Will Jonathan Gannon buy into that blueprint this week? All right, did we lose Johnny Mac? I'm not hearing Johnny Mac. All right, uh, don't know. Did we lose Johnny? Let's see if John can read my lips. Are you hearing me, John? Oh, you're hearing me, and I'm not hearing you. I don't know what the deal is here, Tone. Um, Oh, I, I, I muted my, that was my fault. All this right, is my call. Mac is back, yeah. This is my coughing. That's my fault. Uh, no yeah, I got to do a better job with that. That's on me. I got to get better, just like Jonathan. Yeah, you, you got it. I'm trying to mute uh, when I cough, but um, I've seen no evidence, getting back to your original thought. I've seen no evidence he's going to do that. Um, you know, A.J. Dillon is a perfect example of, what can go wrong with, and he's not Derrick Henry, 
when you have these light boxes against these big powerful backs and boy i i i don't think they're going to change their philosophy for one week and then try to go back do i agree with that not necessarily i don't think ryan Tannehill can do that much damage to you you saw a big play from Traylon burks he's starting to come on a little bit by the way uh really talented kid um i don't think they can hurt you that way so i don't i don't i don't necessarily agree with this philosophy of always playing light boxes and limiting explosive plays that way and oh by the way you gave up an explosive play anyway to christian watson so you know you also have to four Four, yeah. four plays of over 20 yards last yeah. week by the Eagles defense. And and you're also dealing with Reed Blankenship and you're, you're you know, obviously Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, we know, with the last rated kidneys, not going to be out there. Amante's still not going to be back. So you're dealing with lesser players in the secondary. So the Eagles want to protect them. Huh, strap it up, man. Derrick Henry's coming. It's goofy to me. This is probably the only team in football. Nah, I shouldn't say that. But there's a handful of teams. We just mentioned one of them. Minnesota play the exact same way. There's a handful of teams are just not going to do it. And they're just not going to do it. And they don't believe in it. And the Eagles seem to be in that category. And I don't agree with it. So don't shoot the messenger. But I don't agree with it. You don't agree, nor do I, and that's my biggest complaint about Gannon. Uh, overall, I think he's a smart guy. I think he's got a good system in place against most teams. The Eagles rank where they rank in the key defensive statistical categories in the league, which is better than some of the critics of Jonathan Gannon would have you believe. Uh, they're good defense. But oh, yeah. His complete inflexibility that our system, our philosophy shall never be questioned, shall never be tinkered with, that on a handful of plays over the course of a game, you can't actually vary your defense. Yeah, I got a problem with that. And that's my problem with Jonathan Gannon, that he so believes in his system. He says, all right, well, if you beat me, you beat me on that given play. But overall, over the course of the game, we're going to be better. Now, now let me just say plays? this. You just adjust and make better plays. Nobody's asking you to change your philosophy or your system. We're just <laughs> asking you to show a little flexibility within. Now, let me say this. The flexibility is um, the, the four-man versus the five-man fronts. They might play more five-man fronts because it's Derrick Henry, and it might work out. Now, the issue to me comes where, you know, they don't play enough five-man fronts and they go into this four-man over front, which would, for lack of a better term, where they're playing single high safety. Now, they're going to play, not single high, excuse me, cover two, uh, cover two look, and then they spin off usually in the quarters cover. That, to me, is the problem. If you see that, you're in trouble. If you see that too much, if Big Lindball's out there and Sue's out there and they're playing the five-man fronts, then they got a better chance. They got a better chance to at least hold up 
uh, better against Derrick Henry. But these big eight, nine-man box, they're never going to do that. They're never going to do that. That's just my thought. And until they do it, I'm going to say they're never going to do it because I haven't seen it. The, uh, the evidence supports your stance and Jonathan Gannon's stance. But the evidence also supported that the Eagles can be run on. And you got a really good running back coming in this week who could make you pay some pretty big prices. Uh, Johnny McBone and Jody McDonald, your Mac and Mac for 365, guys. We are scheduled to be joined by Dave Zangaro from NBC Sports Philly, their outstanding Eagle reporter. He's up next here on Birds 365. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go first. and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go first. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Your Mega Mac guys here on Birds 365, McMullen and McDonald, joined by one of the best Eagle reporters in the business, 
He does it for NBC Sports Philadelphia. Dave Zingaro jumps in with us here on Birds 365. Uh, Dave, how was your Thanksgiving before you had to go sit with McMullen on Sunday? Oh. It was good. Yeah, no complaints. Yeah. Thanksgiving's always a, a fun holiday, so. Yeah, uh, it was all except good. My mom was sick, sick so she couldn't yeah. go. I was huh? sick, so except oh, when you're sick, yeah, yeah. Um, my mom was sick; she couldn't get the dinner, so I brought the had to bring them back plates from uh, my cousin's house. Yeah, Very that's nice. a shame. Hope she's feeling better. Uh, she is. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, everything going around. Unfortunately, C.J. Gardner Johnson not feeling better. Uh, lacerated kidney, according to Tom Pelissero from NFL Media. Um, first thing I think of is Zach Ertz back in, what was that? 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and he made it back for the playoffs in a lot of ways. That was the, I think the crux of sort of the disconnect with the organization, uh, Zach Ertz and playing through that injury. Um, it sounds serious. Um, but it's pretty good indication CJ is going to be back at some point. Don't you think, uh, Dave? Yeah, and it is serious in like a real world. Yes, know. I should. <laughs> yes, that was bad. Lacerated yeah. kidney. It's a big deal. Um, yeah. It, the one thing, Zach Ertz, he, he came back and he played with it. Um, it's not like every lacerated kidney is the same, you know. Uh, we'll see. I, I think it is a good indication that he'll be back this year. Uh, we don't know when, though, and there is a drop-off. You know, Reed Blankenship played well, uh, but – there's a reason he was an undrafted guy and there's a reason he's on the bench. Right. So um, I think there's going to be some growing pains there, but I, I was at least, I think the drop off is less significant than I thought it was going into Sunday night, which is a good sign. Yeah, it certainly was on Sunday night. I don't know if it's going to be long-term, but Reed really played well. Um, obviously got caught bad angle with Christian Watson, but other That's than tough. that, yeah. Okay. Well, that that kid can run, but other yeah, than that, to see a six five dude like yeah. that, and then watch him burst away with you know twenty one miles an hour—that's tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other he, than that, he played very well, um, and I'm I'm a little bit surprised the Eagles pulled that trigger um, and went Reed over Kayvon Wallace, which really started a couple weeks ago. Um, are you surprised they finally said, you know what, let's give uh, Reed a chance in these dime packages. All of a sudden, that little shift may have helped him when they needed it. Not super surprised. Maybe the timing a little surprising because I thought Kayvon had one of his best plays three weeks ago. Uh, he stopped, I forget who it was, short of the goal, short of the, uh, the first down marker. It was a really nice play. But overall, he hasn't been playing very well, and he's kind of been a disappointment throughout his time here whenever he's gotten a chance on defense. So uh, not surprised to see a guy like Reed Blankenship just work his way up the depth chart. The timing certainly worked out for him and maybe for the team too, that he got put in that dime role and clearly passed Kayvon on the depth chart. And now they're going to need him. Uh, the one thing that impressed me most about Reed on Sunday night was that he, he just played like he belonged. And you would think that a rookie undrafted kid who's, really playing his first defensive snaps in the NFL would be timid. And he wasn't, I mean, he was maybe a little too over aggressive, but that's fine. Like you'll take that from a rookie. He was getting his nose in there. He was hitting hard. He's going to give them a physical element. They might not have had with CJ, which is kind of ironic. Yeah. 
he gets That's hurt true. on yeah. his biggest hit of the year. Uh, but Reed's not afraid to stick his nose in on those rundowns, and we'll see how that can play out. I Dave, two-part question. First, I need you to confirm or deny a rumor for me, and then need you to answer the second part of the question. Um, a little birdie told me that uh, Howie Roseman received either a call or an email from Dave Zingaro saying, hey, I can cover kicks. If Britt Kobe can run back kicks, I can cover kicks. We're very similar players, similar sizes. Howie, you got to get me on the coverage teams because right now your coverage teams stink. Uh, confirm or deny that uh, communication between Dave Zingaro and Howie Roseman. And number two, if that didn't happen... What is Nick Sirianni going to do? He addressed it yesterday. He threw out some possibilities. Is he actually going to enact any of them this Sunday against the Titans? Uh, the first part of that, I'm trying to think. If I started running, where would the kick returner meet me? I think like 10 yards in front of me is where we would finally meet. Uh, it's got to change. I mean, you can't. It That was an atrocious performance, and it's one of those things where – you win the game, but I mean, that can cost you a game at some point. And it's, they're now the second worst team in the league in, in kick return or opposing kick return averages. There have been 50 or there have been four 50 plus kick returns this year. There were two of them in the game against the Eagles. So um, it's not great. You know, you have to figure it out. I, I don't know what the answer is, but the answer is not running it back. I'll tell you that. I, um, I don't know what the exact issues were. It's tough for me to break down special teams. I don't know what's going yeah. on out there. Well, um, either does Michael Clay, to be honest. Oh, that's that's got a goal McMullen no. score. No, we'll talk. Michael's very nice, man. And we'll talk to him today. But uh, I, I do. Here's, here's the indictment to me, Dave. And I mentioned this to Jody. If you're kicking off, and anybody other than Cordarrell Patterson is taking it out from seven or more yards deep. They have no respect for you. They have no respect for you. I think that's got to be a wake-up call to Nick Sirianni, that the Packers even took that football out from that deep in the end zone. That is a clear sign of you can't cover a kick because people, they love, we'll take the 25. Most teams are like, Two yards in the end zone, we'll take the 25. Not against the Eagles. Take that thing out. Yeah, and I mean, the first one, the first kick of the, the game, the Eagles pinned them at their own 10. And they still had the confidence to run it out from thing negative five and negative six in this game. You're right. I yeah. mean, that's, that's telling. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who the best options are. I don't. I mean, they this team should not be this bad on special teams they have some young athletic players who ought to be good, right? Like Zach McPherson has been good. I think Kyron Johnson has been pretty good. Nicobe Dean should be good. Like they have all these young players who should make this a decent, at least, at least average special teams unit. And they've been below average. They've been the weakest of the three phases of the game, which, Hey, if you had to pick one phase to be the weakest, yeah. this would be yeah. it. But um, yeah, you worry that at one point in the season, it's going to cost them a game. And they're about to play a team in the Titans that just mucks everything up and doesn't let teams break away from them. So, yeah, everything's a little tighter against playoff caliber teams, and that's it's, it's something to worry about. All right, Dave, uh, I'll use the word explanation rather than an excuse here. 
because not this past week, but the week before, John um, gave A.J. Brown a bit of a pass on his fumble. I thought it was a really bad play. He tried to put a move on a guy rather than either sprinting by him and or dropping the shoulder pads and trying to drive through him. And he got the ball punched out on him. It was a good defensive play, but I thought A.J. kind of brought it on himself. This week, at least, he was trying to run through a guy, but he's supposed to be swole Batman. He's not supposed to be able to get the ball punched out on him. So two weeks in a row, he's had bad turnovers. What will be the explanation this week if we go three consecutive weeks of A.J. Brown fumbles? It better not. <laughs> uh, I mean, it can't happen. Um, yeah, swole Batman has got to tuck that football in two hands. That's You know, you can be as swole as you want. If you're holding it with one arm, it's going to get knocked out. Yeah. Um, look, it's twofold here because when A.J. is fully healthy and he hasn't, you know, been dealing with a stomach bug all week, He's pretty strong. He's pretty tough to take down. You want him at times fighting for those extra yards, but he's got to know to tuck that football uh, because now that's on tape too. You know, opposing teams are going to see that. They're going to say, all right, we get this guy in the middle of the field, hold him up. I'm coming in with that peanut punch. We're going to get the football out. He has to be aware of that. Um, and I'm sure that's going to talk to him quite a bit about that this week. Uh, it's not like he's had a, a huge fumbling problem in his career. So I, I don't think this is like, all of a sudden, the sky is falling on A.J. Brown. He's just got to get it cleaned up. I, I blame the signs in the Novacare complex, Dave. That's when it all started. They put him up. They said they it was did. just timing. Hey, the good news is A.J. isn't AJ and Quez aren't on that. That's sign, true. That's true. Um, but I did think Sire Franklin, that was, that, that was a knockout punch. That was a perfect hit uh, of the football. I didn't have a problem with that one. This week, I had more of a problem. And maybe you can just talk it up from AJ was really sick all week. And obviously to the point where he was vomiting so much, he, he bursted a blood vessel in his eye. So that's how sick uh, AJ Brown was. So hopefully that's self-correcting. Yeah. Um, it was funny in the locker room, by the way, we're talking to him on Friday and he was like joking around a little bit. Like he doesn't want to talk. It's all right. That's fine, man. Like I know you've been sick. He said, no, we'll talk. So I'm standing there and, there's a crowd around him now and he's starting to say how sick he was. And I slowly like start taking yeah, a step back. Taking a step like, back, two steps back. This. Yeah. Everybody's sick, man. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, that's one of those things that sort of pop up during an NFL season. You never know when it's going to pop up and you got to persevere. That to me is the most impressive thing about this team, Dave. Bottom line. We can talk about special teams. We have at times. We talk about the tackling. We have at times. Talk about the run support. We're going to talk a lot about that uh, with Derrick Henry coming up. And they keep finding ways to win games. But this this game is, you know, styles make bites. That's the old adage. This is a team that I think has a style that could give the Eagles trouble, and it starts with that running game. And you saw it with A.J. Dillon, who's a big, powerful back, but he's not Derrick Henry, and the Eagles had a lot of problems with him. Um, Jody and I have this discussion all the time. I don't think we're going to see this Eagles defense ever say, let's go load the box. Let's go load the box to stop the running game. They've made this sort of cost-benefit analysis. They want to limit as many explosive plays as possible on the back end. 
now they have backups playing. Reed Blankenship, Josiah Scott. They're not going to show up Sunday and say, all right, let's put eight people in the box to stop Derrick Henry, are they? Hard to imagine that. And the problem with that, you can do it. I mean, the Packers did it, right? We saw that a couple weeks ago. They they sold out. Cincinnati did. They stopped the run against Derrick Henry, and and they did. Uh, Then Ryan Tannehill threw for 330 yards and, what, two or three touchdowns. And Derrick Henry threw for a touchdown because they were selling out so much against the run. So um, that was a big step for the Titans, actually, that game to prove that, yeah, you go ahead, try it. Try it on us. Try to stack the box. We can beat you in other ways. Um, I, I agree with I, the Eagles just aren't going to do that all the way. I, I think there are certain things that they do. I, it's been so clear cut for me, this Eagles run defense. It's when, when they're in their five man, they can stop it when they're, when they're yeah, in their four, they can. Yeah. And it, it seems like it's oversimplifying, but if you watch it, like that's kind of what their issues have been. Um, they don't have answers for it other than just having a nose tackle on the field. Uh, they haven't, you know, that and is that to right? be, is that like the question? Big Linval, strap up the elbow brace. You got to play forty today. <laughs> Maybe that's that's the answer. That's it. It's five man front. They're okay. Four man front. You might as well, you know, get ready for the ride because Derrick Henry's taking you for one. But yeah. when they go to the five man front, who comes off the field? Uh, it, 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 uh, yeah. Okay. It, it's Normally. when they have the five man front, they can either they have a five two or five one. But if if they're playing dime, Kaiser would be the only linebacker on the field. They do that very rarely, mm-hmm. um, but typically it's going to be five two, and that's the difficulty and 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 the give and take and why they don't like to. What Dave is saying is on obvious passing downs, they want to play a four man front and they want to get after the quarterback and they want to play quarters coverage and they want to, you know, start and uh, uh, cover two and then spin off from there. And when they do that, they don't stop the run. Yeah. That's pretty and much. The whole defense, defense is really predicated on this idea, right? I mean, it's, it's not a bad strategy. It's getting the known pass and let's attack. And yeah, you get tax, you get turnovers and, that's the ideal way. The problem is when, and this is true, you know, we talked about a few weeks ago when they were giving up all those third downs, a lot of those were because they were getting into the third and manageable to third and short. Uh, they were playing kind of behind the sticks a little bit defensively. That's a problem. It would help in this game if they get Jordan Davis back and they can rotate their nose tackles so that old Linball doesn't have to be out in the field for 70% of the snaps. That would help. Yeah, it would be interesting to see Davis and and Linval on the same front. That might that might make a difference. Well, I don't know if they do that. I think they'd probably just rotate them. Probably, but I, I'm I'm saying against the Derrick Henry. You don't pace Derrick Henry every week, so true. I'm saying, let's be honest. I mean, Fletcher um, and and who Nick Sirianni said played one of his best games, Javon Hargrave. They're not great run defenders at this stage of the game. They're not comfortable with some of the the odd man fronts, whether it's four eye, whether it's five that they have to play. They prefer to play three technique, prefer to go after the quarterback. And all of a sudden that they have to stop and they call it one and a half gaps, but whatever you want to call their run defense, they're not good at it. 
Jordan's good at it. Linval's good at it. Um, and Dominican Sue, I, he didn't look very good at it to me at this point. It's interesting. It's something to throw in the mix. Do you think the Eagles are out of the box that way, though? I mean, I, I think, you know, before Jordan got hurt, I can only recall one time yeah, him they didn't playing use him, in, a, yeah. in a four-man front. Yeah. So it's hard for me to imagine him playing anywhere other than the nose when he comes back. Maybe Linval, but he's just he just got here. So it's like, are you going to throw another position on him? He I can mean, do probably, it. He, he can, can do, do it, it. But I don't think they're going to they're going to make him. I I think they'd rotate those guys before they played them next to each other. I get your point. I just don't think that they're going to do that. Dave Z, I want to jump over to the other side of the ball from the time we found out. After the loss against the Commanders that Dallas Goddard was going to the IR for at least four games, we started to guess, speculate on what the Eagles would do to replace the production that they got from Dallas Goddard. Didn't quite do it in Indianapolis. Again, like John likes to point out, accurately so. And they won the game. We can sit here and second guess and point, oh, the offense didn't do much. They won the game. This week, they put a whole bunch of points up, 40, and won the game. Is the answer just more running the football, more Jalen Hurts taking off with his legs and turning it upfield? Is that how they're going to replace the offense they lost when Dallas Goddard went to the IR? I mean, maybe a little bit. I, I think the the clearest answer to Goddard not being there is, to me, Quez Watkins, because you're going to have more 11 personnel. Those targets have to go somewhere. Dallas was getting around six targets a game. So not that it's all going to be that smooth and simple, but – those targets got to go somewhere, and, and at first they go to A.J. Brown, and they go to Devontae Smith, and what's left over can now go to Quez. I thought that Quez touchdown was the best sign for him all season because it's a back shoulder throw that I can't really remember Quez being targeted on one of those before. It's it's That's a timing route. That's yeah. trust between the quarterback and receiver. I thought that was a, a good sign to see that. Uh, they're going to run a lot more 11 personnel. The problem with their multiple tight end packages at this point, without Goddard, they don't really have the threat to throw out of them like they did with Dallas on the field. So, like, you don't want to become predictable. And when you're in 12 personnel, you're running the football. That's a good way to get clogged up pretty quick. And with these tight ends, that like, I think they have some ability, but it's really raw ability. They're not Dallas Goddard. And honestly, I don't want to run the offense saying we got to get the ball to Jack Stoll. That's not that's not the winning recipe there. So I think we, we even saw some 10 personnel, uh, four wides from the Eagles on Sunday night. I don't think we'll see a ton of that, but that tells you the way things are. are you go again, you go away from the tight ends without Dallas Goddard. And that's what they did. Yeah, you say things can get mucked up pretty quickly, but I got to tell you, Dave, I, I don't <laughs> – I don't know anybody who can muck up this running game. I mean, it, it was so we'll see, impressive. This is a good test for him. I know. Jeffrey Simmons is <laughs> one heck of a player. Um, I'm going to go under 363 this week. Um, <laughs> uh, ner- nervy, McMullen. You're getting, yeah. you're getting jumpy, big guy. Yeah, I'm going to go under. But I don't know if I'm going under 200. How? Uh, that Obviously, the, the answer to this question is everything. But... If I asked you the Eagles running game, what what is the biggest key? Is it the offensive line? Is it the plus one of Jalen Hurts? I don't think anybody thinks it's Miles. Nothing against Miles who's having a career year. But is it Jeff Stoutland? 
Is it is it the inventiveness of the, his coordination of the running game? What would you pick first and say, this is the foundation of it all? Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, no, no knock on Miles. Um, yeah, who, he's last. I, I want to get that out of the way first, though, because I yeah. want to give Miles credit because he's running harder. Great season. Than I've ever. Great he's season. running through contact this year, which is good because he's you know he, we haven't seen him do that a ton. Uh, but yeah, he's not the the main key here. Uh, for me, man, those other three are very important and they're unique too. The plus one of Jalen Hurts, the offensive line. <laughs> Uh, look, I'll, I'll still go with the offensive line um, because those guys are so good and their athletic ability, especially Kelsey. I mean, you can almost argue like Kelsey's the same plus one as Hurts because, I mean, he is so quick to the next level. There aren't many guys that can do that. Um, but Jalen just screws up the numbers for a defense so much. Uh, it's fun to watch defenses try to deal with it, and they can't. I mean, there's just no way to deal with it. Uh, he and it's not even it's the on script stuff is bad enough, and then you have him scramble like we saw in that opening drive. Yeah, uh, that is that's a backbreaker. But then if you ask all those players I just mentioned what the key is, I think they'll say Jeff Stoutland. And it's not just you know we we always say he's the offensive line coach, but his role as a run game coordinator is a big deal. His concepts and his attention to detail in that game it makes a huge difference. So, man, I'd probably go O-line Jalen Stoutland if you're forcing me to pick, but I don't want to pick because I, I think they're all very, very close. All right. If that question annoys you, this one will annoy you even more. Um, I'm going to start doing I mean? the chip thing. I don't, I don't do yeah. hypotheticals. You yeah. know what I mean when I say RB1, the guy who's going to carry the football most for the team. Um, and this year it will be Miles Sanders. 2023, the Eagles RB1 will be Miles Sanders, either Kenny Gainwell and or Boston Scott, a BBT back to be determined that they will get via the draft, or they bring in another veteran guy, because there's a whole bunch of free agent backs this year. They're guys that are going to be paid even more than Miles Sanders is. He's not going to be the number one back in, in free agency this year. Who do you think the Eagles RB1 is going to be the start of the 2023 season? Yeah, it's tough because I, I think Miles is a good player and I, I think he's going to earn some money this offseason. I'm not convinced it's going to be with the Eagles. Um, I, I think they have so many other free agents that I would prioritize over Miles. Um, so... I think there's a chance he could be back if the price is right. If he doesn't break the bank like he's hoping to, I think there's a chance he could be back. But I'm leaning toward um, finding a running back somewhere else. Uh, it might be time to draft another running back. That Trey Sermon. Come on. Well, <laughs> I, hear, I didn't even put Trey in the mix. Yeah. I hear yeah, so much I'm Trey sure. Sermon uh, from fans. We haven't seen yeah. much of him here, but I, there might be something there. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the, in, the inactives every week that I, I joke is the sermon from the book of Job. Yeah. Um, and then you go from there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm with you. Now, here's here's what could help the Eagles out, Dave. Josh Jacobs is a free agent. If you look at um, mm -hmm. some of the some of the proven running backs that are scheduled to be on the market, 
that big contract. I mean, Take one block, people please. don't want to people don't want to pay that position in the NFL. So if the Eagles can bring Miles back on a two year deal, team friendly, what would it take? Like two year, ten mil? Yeah, why not? I would do that. It would yeah. need to be cost effective. It couldn't be, you know, it couldn't be a crazy high price. But if they can get it done, yeah, I think they'd like to bring him back. I don't think it's going to be a priority. No, I that that we agree on. Uh, but that's for down the road. As we as we sit here at ten and one. And, you know, the number one seed is obviously um, um, the number one goal. Uh, and it's more important now than ever because the extra playoff team, there's only one buy instead of two. Um, so if you get that first round buy, it's so important. The Eagles have the inside track. Minnesota, they've already beaten. Dallas is sitting there. I got to tell you, though, I look at the way Dallas is playing, Dave, and, and San Francisco specifically. Those are the two teams I would be most concerned about if I'm an Eagles fan. Do you agree with that? San Francisco, for sure. Um, they're, <laughs> they're getting hot right now, and they're just super talented. So that, that team definitely stands out to me. And that they have for a while. Like You're watching them. You're looking at the standings earlier in the year. You're going, oh, maybe they they won't be able to figure this out. No, they've they've figured yeah, they it figured out. They're a really good yeah. team. Uh, yeah, Dallas is good too. The nice thing there is you have a game on them already. Uh, you probably don't want to see a division team in the playoffs just because you you play a team three times a year. Strange things can happen. And then look, I, I know they're not playing well. I know Tom Brady looks washed. I don't think you want to see Tom Brady in the playoffs. And I know that that is silly maybe right now to watch them and to think that they're dangerous. Don't want to see that dude in the playoffs. You just don't, <laughs> you know, I, I, he has the ability to just flip a switch. And I know it's not just on, on him, but nah, you don't want that. David, it's funny that you went there because I do remember uh, here on birds, three sixty five on our stream, my WIP shows, I got a lot of give us Brady the week leading up to the playoffs last year. When you didn't know who the Eagles were going to play, you knew they were going to play the JV the last regular season. Oh, we can beat Brady. We can beat And I just kept shaking my head going, what the hell are you talking about? You want no part of time. He's Tom friggin' Brady. Don't you understand that? Guess I've what? declared him dead too many times. I won't I, do it again. I, I'm with those guys this year. He is dead. The, and it's more so the Buccaneers than it is Tom Brady. That team's dead in the water. They stink. I want Someone's got to win that division. Time. I'd take them over the Vikings and their uh, marginal defense, but a whole lot of weapons on offense over the – I'd take the 49ers. I don't want to face um, the – who am I missing? Now, the Cowboys. Shoot, I might even have more respect for the Giants than I do the Bucks right now. Okay. Not me. Not me. Not the Giants. We got two chances to get a look at the Giants before we get to the Giants in the postseason. But I've watched a lot of Tampa this year. They're just not a good football team. And they're not nearly as well coached as the team that, A, took the Eagles out last year and the team that won the Super Bowl the year before. It's not the same. I agree with you. Just don't yeah. want to see them. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, that. yeah, there's certain teams. Uh, yeah, I get what Dave's saying. I mean, like I, Aaron Rodgers showed up this week, and I'm like, I say what you want. I don't want to see him. Uh, I thought it was funny that 
Gannon brought him up twice before anybody even mentioned him. I mean, that's how much respect uh, Aaron Rodgers has. And you saw little clips of it. But I also agree with Jody in that Tampa Bay's washed as a whole. I don't think there's anything Tom can do. But when you start playing it, I mean, to me, the Eagles have been the most well-rounded team in the NFL this year. And we nitpick because we have to nitpick. I'm going to be honest with you, Dave. I'm kind of bored with this team. <clears throat> they go out and win every week. It's boring. It's At least boring. it's been more exciting the last couple of weeks. There was a while where it was like, yeah, yeah there but was a they little didn't bit score of a much in the second half, and they, they really had to milk that 21-point lead. Yeah. <laughs> At least that, that, like and they had the lull. You know, it started in Houston. They didn't play great. That's a really bad team. Obviously, they lost to Washington. They didn't play well in Indianapolis. I don't even think they played that well against Green Bay. So there has been this bit of a lull. But, boy, the quarterback is has been steady. Um, and it might be different each week, maybe a different way. We've talked about the MVP market, and this will be my last one for you. Make sure to follow Dave D. Zangaro, NBC S, uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia. Uh, does a t- tremendous job covering the Eagles. He's number two in the betting odds at most places. Two is in the mix as well. Patrick Mahomes, fairly the prohibitive favorite, but. If you went back and we were watching training camp every day, could you have ever imagined this would be the season that Jalen Hurts is having? I mean, it's been amazing. Yeah, and it, it was, look, we all expected him to get better. I expected him to take a jump. I, yeah. didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see this kind of jump coming. Just the, the way he's grown as a passer in this offense, yeah, it's, it's something special we're watching. And it's not to say – he doesn't have more room to grow, which is kind of exciting too. I don't think he's reached his ceiling. I don't. I, I still think, and he'll he'll tell you this. He ha, he has left plays out there. Yeah, I think there have been moments, especially oh, yeah. early in games, he'll be a little shaky to start games. I think like that's an area he can get better at. Um, he, he's on the short list as an MVP favorite. You're right about Mahomes. It's yeah, he's Mahomes is probably the MVP, but Jalen is right there with them, and it only takes a couple game swing to really flip that. Let me just say this though, Dave, you, you mentioned this isn't a ceiling. If this is a ceiling, this is fine, right? If sure. this is it, this yeah. is, oh, yeah. this is unbelievable. Yeah. I, I mean, you still it, in the back of your mind, you still worry about, you know, Kenny can, is this like sustainable long-term because there are times where he needs to run the ball. He's going to smash the single season uh, attempt record in terms of running quarterbacks, but he also doesn't take big shots. He's really smart for the most part. Like when he when he takes a shot, it's normally in the pocket. You know, you, you think about he must be getting hit downfield. No, not really. I mean, he's sliding. Yeah. He's getting out of bounds occasionally. Yeah, he'll fight for yard, but to the boundary. Yep. Yeah, yeah, the biggest hits he takes are in the pocket, and sometimes he'll have a little. He'll get a little lax with his pocket awareness, and he'll take a big shot, um, but. That I mean, that happens to quarterbacks. So um, I'm not too worried about that. You, you, that's something like you look at the numbers and I should be worried about that, but I'm really not. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he plays at this level. Yeah. He's going <laughs> to, he's going to be good for a long time and he's going to get paid a lot of money. All right, Dave, last one for me uh, on the record. I'm a big fan of both the Eagles defensive coordinator and their head coach. 
but their defense coordinator annoys me because of his lack of flexibility and never brings an extra defender, big defender, run defending defender on the field. Um, so I, I get on his case for that every once in a while. The thing that gets on me, uh, that bothers me the most about the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles is something that I don't think he'll show flexibility about either this Sunday. What's the worst part of the Philadelphia Eagles right now? Special teams. Special teams. Specifically, returns or coverage? Well, after last game, coverage. Coverage. Could make an argument they, for both, though. They're <laughs> going to go out and flip a coin before the game starts, right? Let's say the Eagles win the coin toss, which they've won nine out of 11 this year. If you're the head coach, do you not say, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't want to have to cover to start the game. Let, let's put at least a, a better foot forward that we don't have them taking it out to the 50-yard line and have the crowd booing us on the first play of the game. Tell me Nick Sirianni's going to win the coin toss and say, give us the football. No way. Oh. No way. Yeah, no way. No way. And by the way, I don't even think that the kickoff return is necessarily better than the coverage. Although Boston's, Boston's been a little bit better. Juice. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been a little bit better. I'm surprised how long it took him to make that move. Uh, that to me is the bigger question. And what, uh, since you know Jody's obsessed with coin tosses, so yes, I said I last one. But first question to Michael Clay today, Dave. What do you what are you asking about first? What the heck happened? Covers. On, yeah. yeah, I mean, what happened on kick coverage? Yeah, yeah. Good luck. They gave up two fifty yard returns, John. <laughs> that doesn't happen. This is twenty twenty two. That doesn't happen. Yeah, exactly. You're Let's right. See. McMullen You're doesn't right. have the answers, and Garrett doesn't answer. McDonald doesn't have the answer. Or I don't think Michael Clay is going to have the answer either. But you are exactly right. You must ask that question. We appreciate your answering our questions, Dave Gonzalo. Always a pleasure when you come on with us. Thanks, bud. All right. Thanks, thanks Dave. NBC Sports Philly's own Dave Zingaro here with us. <coughs> All right. Quickie timeout. Got to come back. You know what we got to do? Put a ball on the show. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him.
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. McDonald and McMullen here with you on Bird Street 65. All right, we're running out of time. Coordinator Tuesday. Happy Tuesday for you, J-Mac. You got to check in with the Eagle coaches today. Do they come out in the same order every week, or do they move them around and juxtapose them? Uh, how does that work? Uh, normally, they come out in the same order, but there have been uh, differences over time. But normally, Gannon goes first. Uh, Clay second, Shane Steichen uh, third, which is interesting because usually JG is the main event, so you should probably go last, but it's got to do with the timing. Gotcha. Uh, can Michael Clay, like, just hide today and not face you guys? Uh, you, you think- no, I uh, got to go today. Sometimes he hides. In short weeks, they only bring out the offensive defensive coordinator, but not a short week. So. This would not be a show. Well, they didn't play till Sunday night. You could uh, kind of fudge it and say it's a short week. Yeah, Don't get my ideas, Jody. He needs to be accountable today. All right. Uh, have a good time talking to the coordinators. And then you're stuck talking to me again. You in for tomorrow? Yeah. Hopefully this cough is not in, but... Uh... Hopefully, I'll, I'll figure out the mute button tomorrow. Game, game day, McMullen will be back with me tomorrow here on Birds 365 in 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, Information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP SmartSide today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money.